Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. All right, welcome to Survivor Jobs Podcast in collaboration with Broadway World. I am Jason A. Coombs, and this is my wonderful, beautiful, talented co-host Samantha Dawn Titolo. And we're back after our mid-season, our mid-season little hiatus. Happy we're back. Happy 2023. <laughs> Happy 2023. Wow, 2023. Crazy. That's insane to say. <laughs> that means we have known each other, you and I, for over 10 years. Yeah, over Hold on. 12 years. Over, over 13. We're not 15. <laughs> <Can't do math. laughs> no, Close, okay. though. Very close. I was just trying to do all that math in my head. I was like, wait, where am I? <laughs> yeah, I'm terrible at math. But um, were we in math together? Or no, that was like me and some no, I'm we terrible in, at math. We were in science together. We definitely were in science together, but That's I'm horrible I'm at math, y'all. I've never been good at math. Anyway, <laughs> how are you? Jason, what's your, what's your temperature good. check? My temperature check is good. You know, this weather has my allergies all over the place. But, you know, at yeah. the beginning of the new year, we're always, like, gassed up and trying to, like, feel good and set our goals and set our intentions for the year. Mm. So I am feeling good and, and ready to take on the year. I'm ready mm. to talk to some more guests. I'm really excited about our podcast this, this year. I feel like you know, at the beginning of last year, we were still doing it on our own. We weren't with Broadway World yet. So I'm ready to like keep expanding this and keep growing this with you and and having a good time. I have yeah. 90 weddings this year. So I'm also gearing always up. always have 90 weddings. How many friends do you have? I guess 90. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I have No, but you already had 90s and you have another 90s. Now I have 900. If I had 90 <laughs> last year, this year I have 900. So I'm just, you know, mapping out my year, gearing up for a year of success, travel, good mental health, healthy living, being balanced, all of the things that we work toward. I'm going to go on a quick tangent. You know, I've been thinking a lot and then I'm going to ask you how you are. I've been thinking a lot lately how being a successful artist or successful anything in that matter goes hand in hand with healthy mental health. You, you know, like yeah. how, especially for an artist, how can you thrive, survive, be successful in an industry that's so challenging if you're not taking proper care of your mental health? And it's just been coming up a lot recently in my life. So I do want to say, you know, 2023, if you need to talk about your mental health, it is okay, people. Therapy is great and is nothing to be ashamed of. Everybody goes, and, and I don't feel like we talk about it enough. So here I am preaching about mental health. Um, but yeah, that's uh, where I am. How are you? No, I just I just watched. Um, I was telling you before I watched the Aretha Franklin Respect movie yesterday, and I watched the Whitney Houston movie because you know I love Whitney Houston. Recently, over this little hiatus, and you know those are both amazing obviously iconic legendary artist who both suffered from mental health issues and you know um i just think it's important right for like you were just saying for artists especially to like yes get the help that you need y'all like it's okay you know and it's we are so vulnerable and so open and we're so like 
we give her all, we leave her all on the stage or on, or on the sound stage or whatever you want to call it, you know, or on the, the canvas, whatever kind of art you do in the page. But um, you have to make sure that you're doing well. So I think that's very beautiful words you said. And I'm going to use your advice because I had like a little mini breakdown through text with you yesterday. <laughs> it literally because... wasn't even that. You were like, I'm so sorry. I was like, you said one thing and I love you. <laughs> no, it's just, you know, because I guess well, I, I had a very uh, expansive uh, December. Uh, Let's because... talk about it. <laughs> well, because Harry and Meghan, which was the docuseries I was working on all year last year that I couldn't talk about, came out in December. And then I randomly got that SNL gig. Can um, I pause for one second? <laughs> Can sure. you elaborate a little bit more? Because I was just saying to you, I feel like you downplay the things you do. The Harry and Meghan documentary is huge, iconic, like the biggest documentary of our times, Jason. And y'all, <laughs> guy had his own He's been down. I'm not saying he's been downplaying it to me all year, but I didn't realize what in, what uh, important role you had in this until I watched the credits and the credits were rolling and it was like associate archival producer, Jason yeah. A. Coombs. Like the dude had his own title in these credits and that's <laughs> huge. Is that that was Thank the correct you. title, right? I don't that was know. A, yeah, yeah. No, you got so, it right. I'm so proud of you, and that's amazing, Thank and you. congratulations on that. So I just wanted to take that moment to hype you up a little bit more because I, that that documentary was incredible, and that position Thank was you. incredible, and you did great work and firsthand experience knowing how hard you worked on that all year. So big thank you. I know it's, I appreciate that. that seriously. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it was it was wonderful that uh, see the response and because it was so globally well-known that people were watching it who didn't even know I worked on it and were talking about it and we're like, oh, wait, what? You did that? I watched it. And we're like, I'm watching that now or I'm watching it again for the second time. And um, I don't know, it was wild, you know, because it was such a private thing between like me and my team that we couldn't talk about for literally a year. It was supposed to be six months. It got extended. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's really cool. I'm very proud of it. Liz Garvis, the director, is, is amazing. And I hope everyone gives it a shot, you know, six episodes or like an hour each, but, you know, it's a very important story. Um, and I think we went in with a lot of love and we wanted to tell the truth. And I think um, that we accomplished that, you know, we told a very genuine and, and honest and sincere story about this really um, wonderful couple and the struggles they faced. And so I'm really proud of it. And thank you. Thank you for acknowledging that. I appreciate it. Was awesome. it. <laughs> okay, okay. And then you. I, and then I cut you off when you said you randomly booked uh SNL. <laughs> yeah, which I, that's why I really couldn't process the, the, well, I just, it was just a lot of stuff happening in December because like I did, I randomly booked SNL, which is my uh, message to everybody is to check your emails because I have a backstage account that I haven't accessed in three years. And someone emailed me, was like, hey, are you interested in doing this thing? And I was like, this is fake, what? But I did my research and it wasn't fake. And it became this huge uh, skit that I was a part of called Big Boys. And we'll probably play it, right? We'll probably play it here. Yeah, play it. Yeah, someone was like, no. we're looking for big, cuddly teddy bears. Can you text this number? 
And I was like, what? That sounds so weird. And I didn't respond for an hour. I was like, I'm in the middle of this other thing. It was in my last two days on, on Harry and Meghan. So I put it away for an hour. And then something was like, wait, Jason, it's SNL. Like, you should just double check that just in case. You know, you never know. And long story short, it, it was real. Um, and then a really ironic thing was during the pandemic, uh, I had a dream that was on SNL that was like on the soundstage. And I was like, I woke up from my dream and I was like, oh, I never thought about being on SNL before, but that'd be really cool. Like, and I was like, I'm going to put that on my, my, uh, my, my uh, virtual vision board that one day I'll be on SNL. And it wasn't actually on the actual stage. It was a digital, a digital short, but it was super cool. And I got to work with like, you know, Cecily Strong and uh, Kiki Palmer was the host, which was really fun. And I got to see Keenan, and you know, Keenan, someone I've been watching. Great, we were talking about that Keenan a couple and I was episodes ago. Kale. And Kale, I <laughs> yeah, said. you were saying Keenan and Kel, you know. But we were talking about you know, Kel, and like, yeah, Kel on the on the French skit a couple episodes ago. You know, the, ha, ha, ha. so like <laughs> that was super fun to see these people that we grew up watching work and. And it was very inspiring. It was a long day, 16 hours. I was dancing, Whoa. y'all. I'm not a dancer, Samantha no, knows. Because no, we were in dance group together. <laughs> I was dancing. I was very scared. And it was dancing with SZA, who's like one of the biggest artists out right now. I literally almost had a panic attack when they were like, yeah, you're going to be dancing behind SZA. I was like, I don't dance. <laughs> you I can did fake an acting. <laughs> Thank you. you. So lit. It was so good. <laughs> Thank oh you. Oh my gosh. But the power of like manifestation also, you were just telling that story and I was crying. <laughs> like, oh my God. You literally yeah. had a dream and then your backstage account that's inactive just like all of a sudden was active. Like, that's wonderful. I'm Thank so you. okay. So so you said all of this to say that you had <laughs> everything was happening and mm, then you were yeah. having a little breakdown because now you're like, now oh, what? Yeah. 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 So then like, and I, I went right into shooting this movie, this independent film that I worked on in December as well as oh, an actor. Yeah. Yeah. It was a very like busy, you know, year into this like really big finale of a year in December. And then I was like off for, you know, besides, you know, working on the podcast a little bit and, and doing my side work, I haven't been working. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I want more and more and more, but I don't have anything right now. And I was like, I guess this is kind of what, you know, bigger, uh, more well-known artists go through when they have that high of like working 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 and then when the work stops it's kind of like you kind of, I don't know I was kind of depressed <laughs> to be honest you know and I was like texting you about that yesterday yeah. and I was like oh I'm really feeling this and also like this time of the year because my birthday is at the end of January yeah. um it's always a transitional time between New Year's and my birthday and I'm always kind of like feeling a little bit lost so it's not an unusual thing but I think just having that that fun and that success and being able to like work in different capacities right and then not have that was like was a big uh was a big uh change for me but um yeah. it's all good you know we're gonna do more and yeah you, you talked me right out of it <laughs> because it's just like we have big plans way. for this year it's yeah we do we have huge plans mm -hmm. that we'll tell you about later once we uh figure it out and and <laughs> get some confirmations going um, but Jason, that whole idea and theme that you were just talking about, about like being on a high, high, and then on a low, low really leads me into, I really want to talk a little bit about the Golden Globes, specifically for Coolidge's speech at the Golden Globes. Yeah. Um, so by the way, obviously we all know Jennifer Coolidge icon. We talked about her a little bit when we had Chad Hodge oh on, gosh, yeah. um, from single all the way. She was in that as well. 
her speech last night, you know what? I love the Golden Globes so much because everybody is just drunk. You know, they're drinking <laughs> champagne at the table. And these speeches are like iconic because, you know, people are drunk. And, you know, the, the creator of White Lotus literally got up. Mike and was White. Like, yes, Mike White. He I was like, him. I was planning to do this speech in Italian, but I'm so drunk. He said, <laughs> like, it's his Golden Globe. That's great. Golden Globe speech. Yes. So Jennifer Coolidge. I'm not going to say it word for word because I can't remember, but she says something along the lines of like, you know, as a young person, I had so many hopes and dreams and plans and I felt like essentially so good about it. But then, of course, you know, life fizzles it out. Um, mm. And then she was talking about Mike White and was like, but then he made me want to like come back alive and like there's so much more I can dream of and, and so much more I can accomplish in life I can live. Right. And I love that so much because it is so true. And I've been feeling that a lot lately too. Like, damn, in my twenties, I was like, I'm going to book this TV show. I'm going to do this for my acting and this and this and between the pandemic and life and, you know, being at a different point as an adult wanting like financial stability and stuff, your dreams sort of shift and change and like, the drive shifts, but then you always sort of come back to it. And it's yeah. always, sur I'll cry. It's always like surrounded by <laughs> the people in your life who re-inspire you or re-hold you up. And my girl Mariska Hargitay says something like this too in one of her speeches, like surround yourself with the people who are going to hold you up and like keep you inspired. I don't remember exactly what it said, yeah, but Jennifer Coolidge's speech like really stuck out to me. So if you guys can listen to it, listen to it. And also she says she like, thanks Ryan Murphy. And I can't remember who else for like all the small jobs she had along the way. She's in her sixties and she just won a golden globe. And I don't know her statistics. I don't know if she's been nominated or won before I didn't look it up. Sorry. Um, but you know, it's like we're in our thirties. And, you know, sometimes we're like, damn, we're in our 30s. We need to do more. Oh, Jennifer yeah. Coolidge, Angela Bassett. and I, Shirley Ralph. Shirley Ralph. There was somebody else last night. I can't remember her name. She's in that movie that's, like, big and everyone's talking about it. All women in their 60s who mm. are hitting this great success. Not to say their success wasn't valid or mm -hmm. big earlier on. But these small jobs, your SNL gigs, your independent gigs, like, these are gigs that are important. That we need to like appreciate and so my whole tangent right now is just to say let's like accept where we are and like take it in and just try to always remember it's part of our journey and it's gonna be i yeah i love that no it's so true and it's you know people always say you gotta live in the moment live in the moment and that's like one of the hardest things i think especially for me like i don't want to speak for other people but i know it's hard for other people as well but like to be like okay this is the moment this is what has happened i'm grateful for this and yes i have to worry about the next step but like bask in it you know and i try to do that you know i try to i try to do that and i'm very appreciative and, and i'm thankful for you for reminding me of that and for That's keeping that, me grounded yeah. being the anchor like i always no, say no <laughs> no yeah it's a team effort babe yeah yeah and can i just say one last thing um no I always do that to you, but um. And I always go. SNL, <laughs> SNL aired on my mama's birthday, and that was so special because you know to to have that moment and like I I didn't have lines, you know I wasn't like 
giving, you know, I wasn't, I was very, very heavily featured, I will say. Um, but to see how proud of me she was, 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 was like the icing on the cake. And it was on her birthday. Icing on her birthday cake. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I've done a couple other, you know, I've done a, I've, I've had co-stars in other shows, but um, everyone watched SNL, you know, and, and, and that that was just, you know, really special and really cool. So I'm trying to like, even though that's in the past technically, I'm still trying to just live it and enjoy that's it. Your and fuel. yeah. Yeah. It's my fuel. fuel. To the next. Exactly. And to the next and to the next until you're getting your golden globe. Oh, we're getting our golden globes. We're hosting the golden globes. Yes. How fun imagine? is that? <laughs> could happen. It definitely um, could. We have an amazing guest today. Yeah. Should we, should we talk about her or do we need to talk about Chippendales or should we save that for the next time? Just, um, if you haven't watched Chippendales, watch it. We'll talk more about it next time. But our boy Robin, who was on episode 58, he has such, uh, an amazing, amazing, uh, part in the finale. But we'll talk more about it. Yes, uh, we'll save it because Jason and I always do this. We're like, we're going to do a quick mic check. And then next thing we know, (laughs) I start blabbering. And we're just like, (laughs) You know, well, we haven't had an episode in a while, so we had to catch up. But anyway, April Mathis, oh my goodness, this was such a good episode and such a wonderful person to chat with. And I'm so happy she's our first episode back from the new year. She's so inspiring and so cool, you guys. I can't wait for you to listen to this. She is currently in the piano lesson on Broadway, which Jason and I are going to see next week. So we'll be sure to give you a full recap. We're sure it's going to be awesome. Um, but Jason, yeah, you want to you, you, and- you, you told me something, which I can't remember off the top of my head. It's like the highest grossing August Wilson, right? Play in history already. How amazing is that? Amazing. Like, how freaking cool is that? And I don't know, I think I was going to say everybody needs to come and watch and go see it if you can, because it, it's open until January 29th. So if you're in the New York City area, right? In January 29th. Yeah, that's Go correct. see this play. Like Samuel Jackson, Daniel Brooks, April Mathis. Like, come on, y'all. April Mathis. Should we tell her? Tell, tell everyone about her? Yes. Cool. Go ahead. I'm going to well, I'm gonna look this way to read. So April Mathis is making her Broadway debut as Grace in The Piano Lesson. Some of her off-Broadway credits include Tony Stone at The Roundabout, which she won an Obie Award for. Icon. Most iconic. Iconic. That's so Broadway, as you would say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, most happy in concert. Help. Fairview, Lear, Antlia, Pneumatica, Iowa, Signature plays the Funny House of a Negro at the Signature with Elevator Repair Service, Baldwin Buckley at Cambridge, Gats, Everyone's Fine with Virginia Woolf, Measure for Measure at The Public, uh, The Sound and the Fury, Fondly, Colette Richland at New York Theater Workshop. Boom. Some of her television and film credits include The Good Fights, Evil on Paramount+, Plus, New Amsterdam on NBC, and Fugitive Dreams. Jason, thank you for taking the long part of the bio today. <laughs> yeah, that's a fierce bio, which fierce. I can barely read sometimes. So <laughs> <laughs> enjoy the episode, guys. We're so happy to be back from our hiatus and we're coming in hot. Yeah, and th- thank you, April, for joining us. And she like listens to the podcast when she said that. I, I was know. like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. Isn't it funny? Every time somebody's like, oh my gosh, I listen to the podcast, we're like, what? I know. I'm like, our little baby. Our show. 
All right, enjoy, Here you guys. Hi, April. Welcome to the Survival Jobs of Podcast. Hi. We're so happy to have you. We are our first episode of 2023. Oh, my God. I've been saying the first episode from our hiatus, but I actually didn't clock. First episode of 2023. That's fun. Yeah. Happy New Year. Yeah. Happy New Year. How's it been so far? A little temperature check. Good. Good. Actually, like... Good. I'm not gonna touch anything. <laughs> I'm not gonna breathe too hard, but fair, fine, and nice. Love it. Fine and nice is good. You know, we're only a few days in, but let's hope we keep the fine and nice theme through the entirety of the yep. year. Thank you. Thank you, universe. <laughs> Listen to us. Fine and nice. <laughs> Take that. I take that. That's okay, okay. So Samantha was telling me, which I didn't know this, April. That just is so exciting. That piano lesson has become the highest grossing August Wilson playing Broadway. Yep. Like, yep. That's, that's so incredible. Oh iconic. Yes, iconic. So um, how does it feel to like be part of that like kind of history right there? Um, it feels awesome. It feels like we're doing our jobs and like yes. People are getting to see the show, which is all we want. We just want people to come see the show because we're working hard. We're having a good time. And so it's nice that, you know, folks are getting in and folks I know are getting in and they're not yeah. paying hundreds and hundreds of dollars to get in. So <laughs> totally. whenever we, you know, uh, meet that box office goal is great, but um yeah, Next. regular folks are getting in, so yeah. good. Which is well, so important. Mm -hmm. yep. So let's hope we see say. more of that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but let's 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 before we jump too much into that, let's pivot back to survival jobs. This is the title of our show. Yep. Can you tell us? Can you define what a survival job is for you? Because I'm guessing you've probably had a couple. I mean, uh, your, yeah, your yeah. It's maybe something that doesn't require a whole lot of your head and heart, but um, will bring in the ducats so that you can do where your head and heart is until those things align and what yes. you love is paying you what it should. Completely. Do you Sounds have um, a favorite survival job that you've had along your journey? Um, I will say that uh, when I first moved here, I kind of fell into this teaching job uh, at this place called IBEC, International Language School. IBEC oh, doesn't stand yeah. for anything, but uh, <laughs> like, uh, I, it was going to be like International Business Education School or, or uh, college, I don't know, but like... <laughs> the somehow that wasn't legal to actually name it that so they just called it ibec as if that were a word but <laughs> I yeah I, I worked there for like a decade and what was kind of perfect about it was you could set your own schedule the classes were an hour and a half and uh with 15 minute breaks in between like basically Monday through Saturday from like nine to nine. And so anywhere oh in there, you could set your hours and they would just give, fill you slots with uh, private and semi-private classes. So um, I'm actually an introvert. So yeah. I have never wanted to teach a big classroom 
like, okay, guys, today we're going to, like, ooh. <laughs> so these were, like, basically conversation classes to business professionals. Um, and it was run by this uh, Japanese business owner. Uh, so he catered to mostly uh, Japanese salarymen who would come here from uh, Japanese subsidiaries uh, and work in New York and they would have their families here. So we would also teach housewives. Like that's what wow. these women would call themselves. And then we talked about like, oh, I'm a homemaker. I'm a stay at home mom, you know, like, you know, cause housewives seem like a dated term, but like, mm -hmm. um, that was kind of like the best survival job I could possibly have because it wasn't demeaning. It wasn't, um, uh, like grueling, I would just sit down and like help people with English. And a lot of times what they wanted to do is just have conversations with a uh, native English speaker. So like we would yeah. have a lesson, but really they would want to talk and like, sometimes they would like confess stuff because it's like you're learning another language. So you can kind of like say whatever you want and say what you <laughs> right. want. Right. the class and I'm like a stranger, you know, so, um, yeah, that was, that was a great thing for like the first 10 years. When I yeah. Moved. And also like you can make your own schedule is so important to artists so that yeah. you can work it around your auditions or class yeah. or, or whatever artistic task you have that week, you know, yeah. so you can survive and also be fulfilled or work towards your fulfillment. I love that. I love that job. Yeah, it worked out great for a while. Um, the only thing was like sometimes uh, you once they gave you the schedule, they expected you to stick to it. So, so I still oh. have like, dreams sometimes that like there's a schedule, but then like an audition came up last minute. What do I do? You know, like yeah. but sometimes you could get other teachers to switch with you and oh, nice. make it work. But uh, that that was the only thing that was like I can't totally just have no responsibility, but right. it was, yeah, it was the better of the survival jobs I've had. Well, let's flip it and reverse it. Do you want to share one that was like kind of terrible that you would yes. never want to go back to? <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and it's funny because I pass by it every day now on, on the way wow. to- Oh no, PTSD. Ellen Stardust Diner. I yeah. I'm dead. For six shifts. And um, on the sixth shift, because they were like, I had just moved here and they were like, you don't have any kitchen experience, you know, or you don't, you don't have any experience working with a computer because mm -hmm. the only waitressing job I'd had before that in Texas was at Poncho's Mexican Buffet. Do you know this? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, like, I feel like that name rings a bell. Jason and I worked in Tex-Mex for six years. Okay. So I feel like we heard ponchos. Well, they're famous for their sopapillas. Oh, sopapillas. <laughs> what you would do is like, as a customer, you would go through the buffet line and get your food. And then you'd go sit down in the restaurant. And then if you wanted something else from the buffet, you would go up and get it you would raise a little flag at your table and then a waiter or waitress would come and take your order. 
and bring you more stuff, including your sopapillas, which were complimentary. Um, <laughs> they were complimentary yeah. at our restaurant as well. Yes. It was, yes. Funny. Love those things and they would really want them. And so that was the only, <clears throat> that was the only waitressing job I had had until I moved to New York and New York's like really fast paced and, you know, like, Hey, were you honest? You didn't say like, oh yeah, I have like a decade of experience working in restaurants in New York. You can't, some things you can't lie about. Or I yeah. about because like you had to carry three plates on one arm. You know how people do in diners. It's like one is like on your bicep pretty much and your forearm and like your wrist and you're just like walking through the restaurant no. with three hot plates. And so of course this one drops them and so uh, the manager was like this weaselly, like jerky guy. And he was Sounds like, about right. <laughs> yeah, he's like, she can't carry three plates. <laughs> so, like they were like, you're not ready to be paid like regular waitress, like have your own section yet. We're going to train you for six shifts. And I was like, great, thank you. Just give me a chance. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so like, <laughs> I sang like crazy by uh, Patsy Cline as my audition song. So, yeah. But like, you know, cause they have like a karaoke background mm -hmm. and you're just singing. And the thing is when the kitchen gets backed up, they're like, go out there and sing, entertain them. Like people are like waiting on their food. So um, like, uh, yeah, they trained me for six shifts and, by the sixth shift, I was ready to like be on the floor and work. And that was like my worst day. There was a table, like, you know, a family, tourist family, it's dad's birthday or whatever. And uh, they, you just watch them like waiting on their food and you had to fight in the kitchen. Like the senior wait staff had priority and like their food would come out first. And Wait, so what? You, <laughs> that's terrible. Politics. And so like <laughs> that doesn't you know, make any sense. I would be like, is is my number? Eh. You know, yeah, it's coming, it's coming. And like never would come. And so I finally like would bring out the kind of lukewarm food. And so this table, they loved me, but they were like, We know it's not you. And they'd like tipped me $20, but left. And so I was like, I'm not going to do better than this. I quit. And wow. I was like, I got a little tip. So that's probably about, I'm going to call it even and get out of this. And so I went back to the teaching thing because, you know, somebody had told me like, oh, you know, you can make $500 a night in tips. You know, why are you, you doing do? the teaching thing? And uh, really, I should have done coat check. Yeah, me and Sam did coach check too. <laughs> we did so many coach checks when we were wrecking that cash, you know. New Year's Eve, baby. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the New Year's Eve coach check, nothing like it. I would have been better at that, but I didn't. I couldn't get into the coach check world, so I was. Yeah, Samantha would have been your plug if you. Well, sorry, this way. Samantha no, would have been your plug. If you... I wish I had known you then. <laughs> Listen, but I would like to say I don't think any except for like maybe career servers, who is holding three plates on one arm? Career servers. 
exactly. But Ellen, but people who work at Ellen's are mostly not career servers. They're actors. Nobody's so. I think it's no. changed because I, I have a friend. Now. Yeah, I have a friend that works at Ellen's who sings and like talks to the tables and is not like bussing or, or running the food. I think they've changed now. I'm sorry that that happened, That's but it's a good normal. story. It's a yeah. good story. That was the worst. Now I see like people lined up and I'm Lines. like, are they going to see the music man? No, they're going to see I'm like, even at like nine in the morning, if I walk by there at nine in the morning, it is wrapped. I'm like, y'all, the food is not that good in there. <laughs> it's really the mind. They're there for something. I don't know, but maybe the great singing in the atmosphere and they like, like the one place where you can have singing white stuff. Yeah. And they're like, like staple, amazing right? singers. Yeah. It's a yeah. staple. So it's like, eat the Midwest. Yeah. They yeah. Completely. Yeah. I feel like oh these God. days, all of these like places people go, it's all for the social media of it all. Like a lot of, yeah. you know, generations are like, look at me at Ellen's. Look at the singers. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, that's a great story. I'm sorry for the experience, but it makes for a great story, especially for this show. So thank you for sharing. Um, I those those six shifts for this moment, <laughs> <laughs> and we are so grateful for We're it. Okay, for that. yes, yes, six let's, shifts. <laughs> let's talk about something. Yeah, yes, six shifts exactly. Um, let's talk about something a little bit more positive. So right. you've made your Broadway debut in the piano lesson. Congratulations. Woo! Like, Thank how you. iconic. Like, what an amazing show. What an all-star cast, including yourself. So can you tell us a little bit about the audition process? And then what did you feel when you got the call that, like, hello, you've booked it? Um, audition process? I don't know her. It was an offer. Yes! Yes, that is so Broadway. It's so Broadway. It actually came in 2019, and I think it might have had something to do with the last show that I did, which was uh, Tony Stone at the Roundabout Theater. So I think people who were casting this must have seen that, and on the strength of my performance as Tony Stone, they were like. You know, we, we need a grace. This one will work and plug her in. So, um, yeah, that was great. And so we were supposed to do this in 2020. And um, I was supposed to meet Samuel L. Jackson on my birthday back in uh, April 6, 2020. But something happened. Something did well, happen. What was that, that weird thing that happened? That yeah, so I got a, an email from... Miss Latonya Jackson Richardson, that was like, we're going to postpone the, because uh, it was going to be like a month long workshop. And then we were going to do the production in the fall. And so it was like, uh, we're postponing this workshop and we will see. And I kind of knew that like the whole world wasn't going to get fixed by the mm -hmm. fall. Yeah. Uh, well, like, you know, yeah, people remember at the time people were like, okay, well, so spring shows are off, but like, we're going to come back in the fall once this gets taken care of. Yeah, right? yeah. And so, oh, of geez. course, <laughs> that didn't happen. And uh, like, later that year, I got 
a message that it had been pushed back to summer 2022. And I was like, that seems realistic. And, you know, I felt good about that. And so it ended up being pushed back further to fall 2022, but still like, you know, um, it happened, which was great because all of 2021, like I didn't hear anything. So I was like, is that still happening? I don't know. But um, <laughs> like they, they knew what they were doing. And so we got like, you know, new producing team, uh, contracts we negotiated. And then I guess the call would be like in January of 2022, when my agent was like, it's back on, like they're renegotiating the contracts. Um, it's going to happen this fall. That was like, oh, yay. Like it felt like I, it was the first thing that felt like picking back up from the pandemic. So, right. Cause you probably felt like, wow. And as like a lot of artists did in the pandemic, like, will we ever have a platform again? Will we ever have a stage again? Will we ever be around people again? And then to come back to this is probably like unreal. I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's was really cool. Especially like seeing when Broadway did come back um, in the, fall of 2021 right um seeing those shows come back seeing uh friends and colleagues like have their broadway debuts have their plays have broadway debuts that was really exciting and you know um i was like okay you know it's happening there's a model for doing this i mean but then omicron hit and then like a lot of these shows closed and a lot of people got sick and yeah like, how how and uh but i think that experience taught us how to do this safely and sustainably and so what's great about this show is that there's a whole team of understudies who have been called to go on and who are freaking champs and um get in there and do the show and keep the rest of us sharp. Um, the understudy for Grace got to go on when I got the vid finally. Uh, out running it. Uh, you know, I'm I'm Lady KN95 mask. Like I just don't joke around. I'm not dining indoors. I you know like I wedding. No thanks. <laughs> yeah you know my i have a child and he does go to school and they do eat food in the cafeteria and he's like i'm eating under my mask and i'm eating next to the you know um air filter but you know like other kids are like i'm sick i don't feel good today but they're fully at school so like of course he got it eventually yeah. and or uh, this Thanksgiving and I got it. And so, but my understudy got to go on and like bring all her folks and like kill it. So um, yeah. I think we, well, we haven't, that's another reason why I think we've been successful is we haven't had to cancel any show. Yeah. Would. 
Like we have people that are ready to go in a couple different tracks, which I don't think was always the case uh, when, when folks were first coming back to Broadway. Um, right. But like, yeah, we have great people. We have great coverage and um, it's a, it's a great show. What's your understudy's name? Let's give her a shout out. Oh, that would be Sharina Martin. Shout out, Sharina. Um, yeah, shout I mean, out to Sharina. We also, you know, understudies Bernice in case like the world are crazy and all three of us were out. But uh, Shireen Babs has also gone on for uh, Danielle Brooks and crushed it. So, uh, yeah. Shout out to the understudies. Charles Browning has gone on. Um, yeah. Uh, Warner Miller has gone on. Um, um, Deron has gone on. Lovely, lovely folks. I love that. And I want to say, before I go to the next question, congratulations on your Obie Award. That's super, super exciting. And that's probably why you got that offer. They're like, she ready, she good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> for Tony Stone. Yeah, right? Yes, well, that was the second Obie Award that I got because I had gotten one uh, five years ago uh, as a sustained excellence of performance, which was great, and uh, then got one for Tony Stone for that performance. So that's amazing. Yeah, that's it's been great to be recognized by yeah. them. Congrats. That's amazing. That's fire. So, yeah. <laughs> like the first time it was before all of this. And so it got to be in person and like, you know, yeah. hang out. Leah Delaria hosted, you know, like oh, it was fun. fun, you know, like that was the year uh, when I, when I got my first, it was the year that like Hamilton and got the oh, OB wow. and like Lin-Manuel Miranda was there. And it was just, it was, it was lit. fun to like, <laughs> celebrate with folks. Yeah. And uh, Tony uh, Tony Stone was during like the shutdown award season, so there were all these like virtual ceremonies, and you know, like there were a couple that were like I was nominated for things, so I had to um, make a an acceptance speech video in case I won. Oh, jeez! So I still have those. <laughs> those are fun. <laughs> That must be really weird to do that. Be like, <laughs> yeah, to like accept an award that you like might get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like, ah, in this moment, I have one. But um, what a great way to manifest, also. Yeah. yeah. But what's cool about the Obies is that they just there's no nomination. They're just like, here's here's you want to give you an award. Um, yeah. So they're like, here, please make a video for. This OB that you're you really gonna get. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, another amazing person is your director, Latanya Richardson Jackson, who's making her Broadway directorial debut and is yeah. the first woman of color or first woman to ever direct an August Wilson play yes. on Broadway. Yes. Wow. That's, that's pretty iconic. So yeah. my question is, as a woman of color, being part of this iconic moment with Latanya, breaking down all these walls and glass ceilings, yeah. what has that meant to you? 
Um, it's been really um, edifying and uh, empowering in a way that just feels very comfortable. Like we didn't, I think the first day of rehearsals was like the big, huge meet and greet where like we all just had a moment to celebrate that this was happening, to yeah. celebrate that we were here, that we were here together, that we had all tested negative that day to be in the room. Like none of that was taken for granted. Right. And um, what she said that day was, I'm ready and you're ready. And that kind of just summed it up. It's like, you know, um, there's this uh, uh, filmmaker uh, that I follow, Numa Perrier, and uh, she like uh, had a short premiere at Sundance, I believe, and then just kind of like her career took off from there. And people asked her like, how does it feel to like have this success? And she was like, it feels correct. And I'm like, wow. that's how it feels to be directed by the first woman to direct August Wilson on Broadway. It feels correct. It feels normal. And it should be normal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't wait for the day when it just is. When we don't yeah. have to like ask how it feels for a woman to be directing you. When it's just yeah. part of it. Yeah. Amazing. Can I ask a follow-up? I'm sorry, Sam, to cut you off. Don't ever be uh, sorry to me. <laughs> I was watching an interview on I Love the View, and I watched the view like all the time. And I remember I forgot who was on, but they were talking about women directors versus male directors. And um, do you do, do you feel like there's a difference in how they approach and, and the comfortability of the work that you're doing with them? I think it depends on the work. I mean, I think like male directors are different from each other. I think mm -hmm. female identified directors are different from each other. Uh, I think directors of color are different than white directors. Like, yeah, yes, all of it. <laughs> um, it's just each person's personality and like communication style. Um, I will say with, Latanya being a woman, um, she really wanted the female characters in this play to take up space and to be fully three-dimensional, front of you, back of you, backstory, what's on the page, what's not on the page. You are coming as a full and present being. And she wanted that for Danielle as Bernice. She wanted that for me as Grace. She didn't want me to be just like the butt of a joke or like the floozy who comes in with one guy and leaves with the, uh, his best friend. Like she wanted me to have a life, a job, a story, a history, a last name, you know, like that was her task to me from the beginning. And I will tell you, she did the same thing with the two younger actors who play Maritha. She worked with them and she was like, when you enter the stage, this is your Broadway debut. I mean, I don't know if it's actually their Broadway debut because it, it's ladies work, but like yeah, yeah. <laughs> she wanted them to come out and take up space and mm. be fully in the scene. 
And I can't tell you how many of my friends are like, the little girls are great, you know, and, you know, they alternate uh, which performances they do. But like, I've heard so many people talk about how great Maritha is. And it's, you know, because Tanya, LaTanya wanted, uh, yeah, these women to be present. And uh, there were certain things that she said to the male actors that were like, you know, a woman doesn't want to hear that, you know, like think about who you have in the room. Like there's a scene that ends up being like a surprisingly uh, romantic, sweet, seductive scene. And, uh, you know, she's like, acknowledge, you know, acknowledge that you get to be in this woman's presence. You know, um, I don't know if pick a male identified director would have, seen it that way i don't know maybe but um yeah yeah that was something that she brought to it that's amazing yeah she empowered them you know what i mean yeah empowered them to own it and that's amazing yeah wow well thank you so much for sharing everything um everyone needs to go run and see this show you have until january 29th is that correct that is correct so you still have time, people. Go get your tickets. Go run. Go support. Um, before we jump into our super fun game, okay. I just was wondering if you had any advice for any of our listeners who may be stuck in their survival jobs but are seeking and craving a life in the arts but haven't had their moment yet and are going to their Ellen's job every day or or a job that's not fulfilling them. What do you? What do you? What is your advice to them? I would say um, honor and don't like dismiss or belittle the work that you have done. And um, I'd say seek out things that excite you, things, if you feel like you don't have an aesthetic and you're like, I just want to be successful, like maybe think about what is it that I like? What kinds of shows do I like? There's a lot of ways to see theater cheaply if if theater is what we're talking about here. Like, you know, there's TKTS, there's um, Today Takes, there's Rush Tickets. We have Rush Tickets, so it doesn't have to cost $100 a pop to go see the work that seems like it's interesting. And you don't have to like everything. You also don't have to like the thing that everybody is super hype about. You can be the one person who hated it. And if you feel that way, then trust that and follow the, the idiosyncratic things that you like and just trust yourself and the work that you seek will be attracted to you and you can build your own body of the kind of stuff that you really want to do. Preach. Preach. I love that. Ooh, <laughs> that chills. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Me too. I'm like, yes, 2023 starting out with that inspiration. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Jason, you want to, you want to chat about the game? Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> 
<laughs> April, since this is your Broadway debut, we wanted to do a little trivia game or a little sure false game about other stars who have made their Broadway debuts. Did I say that right, Samantha? Correct. Um, yes. We'll tell you an actor it. and a show, and then you'll tell us if that was their Broadway debut or not. And it's only five or six questions. Okay. Sure or false. We'll see. Sure or false. You can always ask a lifeline. We got yeah. you. <laughs> who wants to be a millionaire? What did they have in Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Like three. Dial a friend. Phone yeah. friends, whatever. Yeah. I can't remember. I used to watch that show <laughs> every audience, week. And ask the audience. Yes. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> Phone a friend, ask the audience, and then ask the host. I don't know. I think um, you could get like two host. answers get like got taken away somehow. Like they they made it like you know what? Like, and also it's okay if I get all of them wrong. Correct, because it's just fun. Yeah. We're still We're gonna be your fans and wanna hang out with you, so <laughs> Hundred percent, hundred percent. All right, Jay, you want to kick it off? Yeah, I'll do the first one. Okay, Queen Viola Davis. We stand Viola Davis on this podcast. Um, made true or false? Queen Viola Davis made her Broadway debut in Fences. True. Mm. No false. (laughs) (laughs) Was it it Apparel? Uh, Seven guitars. Oh, yeah, wouldn't have gotten it anyway. <laughs> me neither. I would have said true for fences. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, me too. By the way, <laughs> all of these. Broadway. This is Broadway. Broadway debuts. Yeah. Um, all of these answers are coming directly from our, an article found on Broadway World. So we're sticking to, we're sticking to Broadway World. Just <laughs> yes. like Googling. Okay, next. <laughs> Victoria Clark made her Broadway debut in Sunday in the Park with George. True. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Sheeta Rivera made her Broadway debut in Can Can. True. Correct. True. <laughs> in May 1953. Wow. That's, That's a long epic. time ago. Yeah. Um, Wait, Renee. Oof. I know. Oh my God. What'd you say? I was like, we're in 2023. That's like 2023. If we were good at math, we could do that real quick. But yeah, I want to say years, right? Yes. Thank you, because I was like trying to count, and I'm like, I can't, not today. I just got like to 2000, and then 20 more of whatever this is. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. So whatever this is. Yeah. Okay, Renee Elise Goldsberry made her Broadway debut in The Lion King. False. It's true. <laughs> okay. According to Broadway World. <laughs> Great. I'll just look at your faces. I know we are giving answers. <laughs> to the people watching the video, Jason and I always cheat. <laughs> That's why I'm laughing because I'm like. <laughs> You're trying to tell me this, clearly. These are so hard. Samantha, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to take some off. These are like really hard. <laughs> okay. Um, Norm Lewis made his Broadway debut in Ragtime. False. <laughs> it was Miss Saigon. Miss Saigon was his Broadway debut. I mean, of course. <laughs> okay, and last. Patti LaPone made her Broadway debut in The Three Sisters. I have to get this right. True. Yes! 
Yes. Yes, true. We didn't even cheat that time. No. <laughs> Congratulations. Samantha's also a three sisters veteran. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Are you a Masha? Yes. I love that show and that. Masha. God, I... Masha, Masha, Masha. <laughs> This was so much wow. fun, April. Yeah, thank you so much, April. You did a great job on the game. You did an amazing job. Uh, yes, I did. I did. It was tough, but my knowledge. <laughs> I also think, I think like looking at those answers now, I think we really need to fact check Renee Lee Scoldsbury because why did I put she made her Broadway debut in 2016? That is not true. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what threw me off. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> April, before we go, can you share with your hopefully new fans listening, uh, your social media, where they can find you, website, all that good yes. stuff? Yes. Um, I will say uh, Instagram at April Mathis is where I will tell folks about most things. Yeah. Facebook is like for my extended family. And like, not much is on there. The occasional picture of my <laughs> and I don't even know if folks still do Twitter. I keep Twitter because I have a little bit of a baseball world following from Tony Stone. Ooh. But yes. if you still do that, is some stuff is on there, but most <laughs> of and, uh, some stuff, yeah. Um, and if you are an April fan and just turning, tuning into us for the first time, follow us at Survival Jobs Pod on Instagram and Twitter, on Facebook at Survival Jobs a Podcast, and shoot us an email at survivaljobspod at gmail.com. April, you're amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. You're bringing us back from our hiatus strong. All right. Yes. Strong for Congratulations. Yes. yes. And please get tickets, y'all. Run until yes. January 29th is the last day to get tickets. Jason, isn't you that have... your birthday? It's the day after my birthday. But... Okay, <laughs> happy, happy future birthday. Thank happy, you. happy birthday month, babe. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> right, have you, a great rest you. of your run. Thanks so much. Thank you. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.